Um, okay, so it's Ches Shvat. It shvat's very soon. Wow. Um, okay, so we're in the second part of chapter 21, Parak Chavalif. Oh no. You're new, so I feel I need to say the entire Tanya. You feel like I can? No. I- oh, you have to say the entire No, I was, I've been reading it. Okay, amazing. Uh, cool. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. So in very short, where we're coming from is the whole beginning of Tanya. Tanya is about, Tanya is Sefer Shalbeinanin, which means that the entire Tanya is talking to this person who is able to be a Beinani, who's able to live in this state of Beinani, and is exploring, first of all, exploring what the, that person's internal makeup actually is, like what, what is their DNA made out of? And then after that, once you know who you are, once you know your baseline, once you know like kind of like where you, what you're standing on, then it's like, oh wow, okay, so what am I able to reach from here? What life am I able to live? What, where am I able to go? What am I able to experience? And essentially what the altar is telling us that we're able to experience is, We are able to, as Bainanim, as people who are able to be Bainanim, what we're able to experience is a holistic experience of the unity of Hashem. We're actually able to experience in our lives, in our beficha, in our speech, in our hearts, and in our choice of action, in our decisions of what we do and don't do, we're able to experience a sense of, of literally it's alignment. Why is it alignment? Because Essentially, what that thing is that's close to you is its truth. Like the way that I keep on talking about it is like it's like X-ray vision of reality. Naturally, we look at life and we're like, it looks like olam hazeh, right? It's olam hazeh is the world of this. It's like you look around and it's like this is what it looks like, and this is what it looks like, and she did that, and so that means that, and I think this, and so of course that means that, and I appear as this or I feel this, and so this is that. It's like everything in our world right now looks. We, we define it as what it looks like. But Kikar Velach Adaramait is the altar is telling us to be able to experience life, literally it's, a, it's Mashiach, but to experience life in a way that you're actually, you're not just judging things based on how they, are, they look on the outside, but you're actually, you're actually getting to know and you're actually starting to experience life as it actually is on the inside. What it actually is versus what it naturally looks like. Um... And supposedly that is close to us, that it's actually something that we're able to experience. And so until now, until the past two chapters, Altaver was telling us that how do you get to that experience of, hey, morning, you are very colorful. Yeah, almost too colorful. <laughs> Don't stop the class for this. Okay, I'll try. Um, basically, until now, Altaver has been saying, how do you get there? Well, you have a mind, and a, a Jew's mind, by nature, is able to have an effect on a person's heart. What is heart? Heart is natural inclination. What I, what I nat- the way I naturally perceive things, and a heart for a person is Nefesh Bahamas, which is the essential belief of separateness. Which is why, because our hearts are naturally the kind of the ones in control, we look around, we're like, oh, this is separate from that. I am separate from you. You are separate from me. You do something that bothers me, and it means that you did something that you meant to hurt me because we're, we're founding everything on this belief of separateness, which comes from our animal soul, which is our general way of 
of living life. That is our, that's our baseline. But what the altar is essentially saying that the what abandonment is able to achieve is abandonment is able to achieve mastery of mind over heart, which means that I'm actually able to use my mind to explore the deeper truth of reality, and that could actually have an effect on the way that I naturally see something. So now, instead of when I now when I see something and it just looks like what it is. If I use my mind to explore reality of the unity of Hashem, reality of who I really am, which is this person that has my this person that has natural ability to to control my natural impulse. I'm talking in such simplistic language. I've never done this before in a class. I think I've never like only talked in Tanya language and not in IFS language. This is the first time I'm doing it. And it sounds so weird to me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Whew, but it's kind of fun also. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing it. It's interesting. I think because I decided that I'm going to try to do this really fast. And so I'm like, I'm doing it really fast. I can't. Very weird. Okay. Like, I've literally just been translating Moksha Taliba's dominion of mind over heart, which is what it is. It's just, that's not how I've been translating it for the past two months. <laughs> but that's okay. Anyways, Daltara basically said, sometimes that's really hard. It's really hard to get to a point where we're able to... Where it's, it's really hard to do inner work, essentially. <laughs> and to get to a point where you can say, yeah, I did the work to get to a point where I don't see contradiction in my life. Meaning I don't see whole pieces of myself as separate from the wholeness that I am. Right? Bainani, what is the state of a bainani? What is the state of Hikar Belacha? It's a state of being where you're standing in the seat of your soul. You're, you're literally sitting in the seat of your soul. And nefeshali kiss, meaning connectedness. And from that seat, you see everything inside of you and everything inside of the world as connected to that essential wholeness, which means including animal soul. So now when you have a voice, uh, the impulse of fear or sadness or anger or overwhelm or whatever it is, Abhani doesn't say, Abhani, a tzaddik never has those. A tzaddik is only connectedness, connectedness, connectedness. God is one, God is one, God is one. There's, n- there's not even room for the impulse. Russia is constantly in the state of disconnectedness. He's st- constantly in a state of separateness. He doesn't even know that he's in a state of separateness because things just are bad. Things are sad. Things are scary. I am worthless. I am unlovable. She is mean to me. It's like everything, all of the disconnected voices are actually just like their only reality. Abandoning has all those voices, has all those impulsive feelings of the disconnectedness, of the separateness. But Abedani lives in the seat of his soul and says, I see you. I can actually approach you when it's the right time, like we're going to talk about later in Tanya. But I, from the seat of my soul, can, can acknowledge you and can actually work with you and actually bring light into the world and into myself from you. Why? Because the Bainani reveals that state inside of him of Nefesh Kiss, of capital S self. And that's what the Altar Abba is saying. And from that, from that place, nothing is disconnected, including the parts of him that look disconnected, including the parts of him that look separate. And that's what the Altar Abba is saying, is Kikar Belacha, that place inside of ourself that, is eight, that sees life like that. Literally. So until now, the Altar Abba's been saying, oh, so you can create that on your own. You could get you can reveal, you can figure out how to see life like that. 
But then the Altarba is saying, okay, well, it's actually really hard. And so now for the past few chapters, the Altarba has been telling us that that place of self inside of us, that capital S self that sees everything through the lens of connectedness, it's literally, okay, so what is it also? It's also, you can call it Ava Musuteris. So we talk about Ava Musuteris our whole lives and we say hidden love of God, hidden love of God, but what is it? Literally the translation of the Tanya of Ava Musuteris is orange sof shining in your soul. It is the light of Hashem that is radiating inside of you that we don't always have access to because hashtag Gullus, literally it's put into exile because of a world of separateness. But we do, but we can access it through chachma, through different things, through whatever, whatever. I've said whatever because I'm like, how do we access it? I'm not sure. <laughs> but I don't think the author ever really told us. He told us that we can. Oh, that's what we figured out. Right. That the fact that we know that it will awaken if we were, if push came to shove, that means that I have access to it now. That means that I have access to it now. <laughs> and it's funny because on the one hand, it's like, I don't know how to awaken it. But on the other hand, I have awakened it in myself at different points in my life. Like I actually do sometimes experience it, which means that it's not like this far off concept. It's actually Kikar <laughs> Velacha. You know what I mean? Anyways, so we're talking about in this chapter how that soul, how that capital S self inside of us, that illuminated experience of self inside of us, how it experiences life. What does it see? What does it know to be true about life? So we said on the one hand, it knows that capital S self is going to lead you to do a mitzvah and it's going to lead you to not do an avera. It's going to make somebody die al-Kiddush Hashem, right? But what, what I'm realizing every day more and more in Tanya is that the experience of mitzvahs that the Altar talks about is, is the ultimate expression of the overall experience that he's talking about. So what does it mean? Like a mitzvah essentially is an expression of connectedness. So if the Altar is saying that this is going to end up in you doing a mitzvah, it means that you're going to end up in this complete state of connectedness and alignment. Do you get it? It's not that the mitzvah is like, like a lot of times we say that it's going to make you do, it's going to lead you to do a mitzvah and that's the only... Like it's not the symptom? It is the symptom. The mitzvah is the symptom. That's not the goal? It is, it's also the goal because like mitzvahs are what's up. Like mitzvahs are literally like... The goal is connectedness. Exactly. The essential thing that we're reaching to right now is connectedness, is the unity of Hashem. And the obvious consequence of that is that you do a mitzvah and you don't do an avera. But the question that Tal is saying, that, that we're asking, that's leading into this whole big conversation, is why? Why is doing a mitzvah and not doing an Avera the consequence of being inside of the unity of Hashem? What is tying my shoes? Tying my shoes, the way I tie my shoes, and like the unity of God just seem very far apart from each other. And you can kind of already start to sense, like, once you start to realize that, once you really get in, and we know this, that's the thing, that's the cool thing about like growing up with Chassidus, we know this even without knowing it. We know that Hashem is really actually everywhere. <laughs> but the Altar is telling it us, telling us to it again and in a and this is the Altar the told us that I'm only giving you a summary here. If you want to know more, go to Shar Yachud. What the Altar is telling us is like it's not only that Hashem is over there, Hashem Hashem's unity exists and I'm over here. It's like I've been saying in the past in the past few days, like I keep on thinking of this like this visualization. 
and then we're gonna start inside. It's very short inside, which is why I'm letting myself go a little bit more. But I keep thinking of this visualization of like, you can imagine like a bubble, like just like literally visualize a bubble and then put inside of, and then visualize, let yourself visualize. And it's kind of hard because we don't usually see this as, con- we don't usually see the spiritual as physical, but imagine you can visualize God. And to me, it's easier to visualize God if I can kind of compartmentalize and say God's love. Like find what color it is, find what maybe what it smells like, what it, the way it moves, the way it flows, and just consolidate it into this bubble. And let the whole bubble be filled of God's love. You can, can you kind of see it? <laughs> exactly. And just let yourself feel like, hey, that's God's love. And now what you, try, what you can try to do is you can try to take something in your life an experience that you're having, a fear, a thought, another person that's driving you crazy, whatever it is. Or honestly, if you want to start really from easier, think of somebody that you really enjoy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you have a good relationship with your mom, you could do your mom. Somebody like that really like brings love into your life and just put her in that bubble. And notice that first, while she's in that bu- bubble, she's kind of like a contradiction to the bubble. She's like standing in the middle of the bubble and the bubble's around her and maybe she's even like causing the bubble to separate from her. But then, like, just notice how you can softly see her become transparent to the color of the bubble. Which, but let her stay there. Don't, don't lose that person. And if it's you in there, that's awesome. If it's a thought, if it's whatever it is, don't lose the outline of that experience or of that whatever you just put in that bubble. But just notice how it can actually become transparent to the bubble around it. I want to actually like work on this and actually make it a real a real visualization that would take like 15 minutes to work to get through because essentially what the purpose of this is like what Alter is saying right now is it's not that the unity of God is there and I'm here <laughs> it's not the unity of, if we're if it's real unity of God then it means that every single aspect of reality and of me is inside of that unity there cannot be the unity of God but something not part of the unity then it's not unity anymore. So, essentially, now let's read that inside. <laughs> okay, so we said yesterday that we were comparing Hashem's speech to our speech, but we're saying that it's not exactly like our speech. It's a little bit different. Why? Because what does our speech do? Our speech, when I speak, I'm revealing to you what was previously inside of me. So God is like that in the sense that he's revealing what was previously hidden. But the difference is that when I speak, my words are now over here. They don't belong to me anymore. They're separate from me. Hashem's speech never actually becomes separate from him. So we said yesterday that our speech never, our speech becomes separate. Hashem's speech doesn't. Hashem's speech is absolutely united with his essence. Even after Hashem's speech leaves and becomes the creation of the world, it's even once it creates, it's still all of creation is still as one with Him as before He created. It's like He's it's like He's creating inside of Himself. The ancient Shinai Klal there is no difference in Him. 
Ella el habirum hamikablum chayusim bevachinas tiberius barach bevachinas yitziyasei kvar el hapel bevachinas elamis. The only difference is now that there are created beings that were created from some from nothing from something. Shemislavish behem lahachayusim idei shlashlos meilu alav yerdes hamajegas betzimsumim rabbi meshenim, which Hashem clothes himself inside of um, in this way of hishtashlos um, and simsumim which allow these things to be created so there's like a certain like sentence that like you can kind of like to me honestly chassidus didn't make sense to me until I realized this because on the one hand we were saying God is everything and on the other hand we were saying and then there's like three things Hashem is everything Hashem created the world and if you really saw the unity of God, we wouldn't exist. And it's like, excuse me? Like, how does all that make sense? And at some point, what I realized, and I, I didn't realize it because of anything other than, like, when you learn it, it's actually what the author is saying, that what stops existing, we say that if you were to really see everything in the context of the unity of God, we would stop existing, right? According to the, from Hashem's perspective, we don't exist. I'm the F.S. Mamish. So what is it that stops existing from the unity of, from the perspective of the unity of God? Do I stop existing? Does the world collapse? Does the world... I used to think that literally from the unity of God, like the world just wouldn't be here. But then you can't say that because gracious bar like him. Hashem created the world and Hashem's creating the world right now. And so in essence, all we're saying is that what stops existing from the context from the perspective of the unity of God is the illusion of separateness. Literally what the Altar is saying is that Hashem created the world and nothing changed in Hashem. What does that mean? That the world is essentially Hashem. <laughs> and it's, we can't say that. It's hard to say that. And the Altar can't really say that because if the Altar told us to believe that the world is Hashem, then that means that I would look at this and I would say, this is God. And I can't do that because I'm seeing a water bottle. So the Altar has to tell, tell us this in this kind of like background way that Hashem's creating and also there's no change in Hashem. And it's almost like we have to do our own deductive reasoning that what that means is that this is God, but this can't be God because this looks like a water bottle. Okay, so this looks like a water bottle to me, but really it's God. And from the perspective of, of the unity of God, this separateness of this water bottle stops existing. That's what happens. The illusion of separateness ceases to exist. I'm still here though, but now I am a manifestation of God, which means that I'm even more here. <laughs> I am literally now the most alive that I've ever been. I'm no longer just like an unconscious, unworthy, simple, conscious matter. You know what I mean? Now I'm like freaking Elikus in human form because that's how God is creating me to be. But there's no more separateness anymore. Now it's like we're all just living light. <laughs> um, so Hashem creates this illusion of how does it, how does it all happen? Hashem is essentially creating this illusion of separateness through tzimtzumim so that we're able to exist. All these tzimtzumim are in this way of the veil of the countenance, veil of Hashem. Hashem is not giving us his entire full self and saying, believe that this isn't separate. Hashem is, is not saying, Hashem doesn't allow us to see that this isn't separate because otherwise there would be no creation. And that's the point of creation. So essentially he's giving it to us in a way that we're able to receive. 
And that's why when we look at the world and we see, when we see the world around us, and I love how the author was saying, the author says this, when we see the life that's infused in the world, because we're not stupid, we're not dumb. We don't think that the world is just here by itself. We don't think that the world isn't created by something more spiritual. We know that it's, we know that there's truth here. We know that like, there's what, anybody who thinks, how did this, what the heck is the water? How is it here? It's obviously there's something deeper to reality. But the author was saying that when we look at the world and we see the highest hadibor, when we see God's life force clothed inside of the world, we think that it's something separate from the essence of God. We're not saying that God isn't here. We're saying that the God that we're experiencing here is something separate from the unity of everything. We're seeing separation. And it doesn't mean that we don't say that God is here and God is there, but it's just not all fully one. We think that it, Hashem created this just like I would create something. So yeah, it's all coming from God, just like my words are all coming from me, but it's not all completely unified. But from the perspective of Hashem, meaning from the, what's the truthful reality, that nothing is standing in the way of God, dark, darkness and light are literally the same. Even darkness doesn't conceal from you. That's the Pasuk. Why? Why does darkness not block anything from Hashem? Darkness. Exactly. Because <laughs> the darkness is Hashem. There is, uh, there is literally no separation. The Tzimtzum and the Levushim, meaning all of the layers that Hashem is putting onto, out, onto us, saying, you know, all this separation, it's not that it stops existing because Hashem is now going to say, let me take it away and put it in the garbage. It stops existing because from this perspective, that too is godliness, which is why reality continues to exist because the layers separating me from knowing that I'm essentially one with Hashem those two are only God like I love this part I, would, I love this in high school too it's like a turtle who has a shell the shell is part of the turtle you don't say that oh the shell has a turtle the turtle has a shell and the shell is ever from the turtle the whole thing is one turtle right Hashem is this infinite beyond Alekim is Teva Alekim is what creates nature but Hashem Hu Alekim it's one Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekinu Hashem Achad it's Hashem sandwich and it's all one Hashem and Alekim the aspects of God that are up there and the aspects of God that I experience in my life it's all it's all one therefore in his presence and this is so validating <laughs> All else is as nothing, literally. And what does that mean, all else? All illusion of separateness. All else, meaning every aspect of my life that I look at and I say, you, you, you aren't good enough to belong to the unity of God. This darkness is too scary to look at. This experience is too overwhelming for me to approach. Right? I just have to ignore this part of me because it's too scary or because it's too sad or whatever it is. Literally, there is no aspect of creation that isn't unified with the unity of God. Literally, literally, literally. The or the of it. On the contrary. 
you actually now feel it fully. <laughs> you have to now, act, if you know that this scary experience that I'm having is part of, if I say that it's not part of the unity of God, then it's too scary to even go near. But if I say this scary experience is part of the unity of God, then I actually have to feel it, which is what the altar was telling us before about the chapter of the Russia, that the first thing that a Russia has to do is feel his dark feelings. Because if you're not feeling it, what you're saying is that this is now, in, you're too big for me, to, for me to go near, and so now you're controlling me. But if I can actually say, wow, you, Mr. Darkness, <laughs> you, Mr. Challenge, Hashem is as inside of you as Hashem is inside of Atzilas. <laughs> like literally, you are as much of an expression of the unity of Hashem as Atmos are in Sofar Then how when I, does that help you experience knowing that it's Hashem? Like, you kind of already do know it's Hashem. Do you? The same way, like, you turn to Hashem and something bad's happening, and when something's good happening, good is happening. It's like, you no know time from the same source. So I just say, are you turning, when that dark thing is happening, are you turning to Hashem and saying, Hashem, get rid of this right now. This is too much for me. Meaning, Hashem is over there. This is over here. And you're calling upon Hashem to get rid of it because it's too big for you to handle. Or on the flip side, are we able to say, Hashem, that is this Hashem, is literally shining out of this big thing that's really scary. And I... It sounds crazy because, at the, like, we were just talking about this. Like, at the end of the day, like, anxiety actually hurts. Right, that's so, what I'm saying. Like, what's the positive attribute of being him? So you know that, like, he's multifaceted. You know that he is pain as much as he is joy. But then what? I don't know fully, and I don't know fully right now. I don't know if I'll ever know fully, but what I all I know, and I know this from like personal life, and I actually I just saw this. Somebody just sent this to me on Instagram. Uh, maybe I'll play it. But that the times that I can unify my existence, meaning get into the seat of my soul enough that like have that higher vantage point enough that I'm now seeing all of the parts of me, including the big scary things not as not scary and not as not painful but as not evil it's not evil anymore it's like a ch it's literally like a child now it's a child that has come for some reason and right now it really hurts really really hurts but it's not like a it's not like a monster inside of me and and you could say that oh but that doesn't help because it's still painful but I think that a lot of times what causes the pain is our thinking that that pain shouldn't be here because it's too much for me. It's too big. I, it's going to hurt me in some way. It's going to... And like... Like a scrape on the knee. What? Like a scrape on the knee when a kid scrapes their knee and they're crying. It's not like evil or bad that it happened. Right. And, it, and it also hurts but that acknowledgement of this hurts and God is here like this hurts and this hurting isn't a contradiction 
to me living inside of the unity. And, and what that, it's like right now, I'm not like, like just now actually, it, it came back to me, like the overwhelming emotional experience of knowing what, knowing the benefit of experiencing that. It's like when I can live in the seat of my soul enough that I'm actually, there isn't contradiction inside of me, meaning there isn't, there isn't separateness, AKA all of the aspects of my life are part of the light, <laughs> like are part of the wholeness, including the fear and the pain and the scary thing and the sad thing and the loneliness and the joy and the hope and the desire and the, it's like, I think that that's just peace. I think it's peaceful. I think it's peaceful because it's truth. You know what I mean? I'm saying a lot of, like, the words aren't. It's not going to be, if, if the goal is to make it go away, then true. You're not, this isn't going to be helpful. It's you know always what I mean? hard to tell someone when they're in something, like, what you're, like, it's not bad, right? Like, because how can we tell a person of their pain? It's kind of invalidating it, like. But that's exactly what I'm saying. It's not saying that it's not bad. Right. But so with those guys, the whole point though is that you're not like, supposed to say that it's not bad. That's the whole point. That my ex- the the bad is also God. That's what the altar was saying here. There is symptom, but that symptom is also Hashem. The whole if if we're getting to a point where we're saying I don't have any darkness in my life, then it means we're pretending that we're at Sadiq when we're not. That's not the way Abandonee experiences life, and that's not the way Abandonee is meant to experience life. And if we're doing that, it means that we're living in denial and we're lying to ourselves. And there's just no point. That's not kikar belecha. That's not what we're trying to do. And so then you could say, okay, so then what's the point in acknowledging the darkness? Because then the darkness will still be here. And I, I hear that. <laughs> it's a very, like, it's a very... And then that's why you said you want a piece of it. Knowing where it's coming from. Right. But what she's saying is like, what's the, who cares if I'm at peace with it? It's still there. The goal, <laughs> a little bit. The goal is probably like being able to like get to a place where it's because it's from Hashem. and Hashem is like ultimately good. Then this must be good. But it's very hard to tell a person. And I think that's where your struggle is. Is how do I tell a person who's in pain like that their pain is good? that it's Hashem and it's light but why why are you saying that her their pain is good because ultimately Alter but didn't tell us that maybe not yet but we're supposed to believe that everything that comes from Hashem is good there is a card of Chassidus that says that but it's thus far and this is like I'm going in order here (laughs) it's not what Alter but has said Alter but saying that everything is God (laughs) but the altar bit is not telling us that within God there cannot be painful experience. If anything, on the contrary, on the contrary, the altar has literally been telling us so clearly that for a bainani to become a for a Russia to become a bainani, they have to be able to lean into the actual experience that they're having of their life, and not say, "Oh, there's a there's a higher reality beyond this." So let me just pretend that I'm there. And honestly, this is, it's really contradictory to the way that we usually function because we don't like pain. <laughs> we, we grow up wanting, like we, our natural way of thinking and of feeling is that I want this pain out of me. I want to get rid of it. I want to live a life where everything is going to be fine and perfect and happy. And I don't want this fear. I don't want this, you know? 
But like, I wonder if there's a paradigm shift happening here of like starting to say, starting to welcome it, starting to welcome the darkness of our life because that's about 40,000 times in Tanya to, for the first like 10 chapters. Altar, I told this so many times. It's never gonna go away. It's never gonna go away. It's never gonna go away. You're always gonna have the impulse towards separateness. You're always gonna have the impulse towards separateness. You're always gonna, that's the vanity, that's the vanity, that's the vanity. And I think that unless we can start to enter into a state where we say, that's not bad. It's not, it's not bad if I sometimes feel anxious. It's not bad if I sometimes have this experience of, of separateness. It's just, it's how I'm being created. It's like how, Maybe it's also giving us a way to deal with it. I feel like it's easy to say it's not bad when you're looking at it like my tongue's on like your experience is not bad, it's okay that you're experiencing it, but for the person experiencing it, it's like it's not that I think it's bad and like I'm so like bothered by the fact that I'm feeling it, it's just the actual pain is uncomfortable. Yes. Yes. So that was my question of how does that help? But I, I understand why it would help in the sense of like welcoming it and understanding that it's a part of life the same way everything else is a part of life. Actual pain is uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Truth be told, reality is that the more you feel something, the quicker it does go away. Like, I'm sure you've had that experience. I've definitely had that experience. Like, when I'm like, oh my gosh, don't be anxious right now. It's like just festers and festers. But then I'm like, you know what? Let me just take the day and like just feel anxious. And like, it, go, it, go, it does go away when that happens. You know what I mean? So I wonder if like, we're kind of overcomplicating it. And the author of it is saying like, if you can kind of get into that space where you say that this experience that's coming over me right now isn't bad. This is the Hashem's turtle shell. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's as much a part of God as anything else. I don't have to be afraid of it. I don't have to believe that I'm not meant to have it. Okay, welcome it. And But the altar will tell us at, the, at certain times that this or that, you know? When to welcome it and when not to. Yeah. Yeah. Also says that we can take these opportunities to feel God. You know, right now we feel anxious because let me feel anxious. Then step two, okay, let me bring God into this. Like God, okay, this is you. So what you want to do right. Right. Like a spiritual experience. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And the reason why we can feel comfortable to, to feel the anxiousness, why we can allow ourselves to do that, is it's like, it's literally, Shema Yisrael Hashem Eleikeinu Hashem. It's a, that Hashem sandwich. You have this inner experience. Ah, Hashem. Wait, this too is the God that's beyond there. Okay, so let me now be in the Eleikim fully. Feel it, cry it, scream it, shout it, whatever it is, vent it, back to Hashem. Exactly. What is the opportunity here? How can I now come closer to light? Which is almost like a simplified way of seeing it, but like very practical, you know? Anyways, uh, (laughs) Al-Khaim.